This morning, coming from Luke's Gospel, chapter 3, beginning in verse 15, as the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah. John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Last spring and summer, my daughters and I were doing a little training, and so by the time we got to the summer, we decided we were ready to do a couple of five-kilometer road races. So we signed up for a couple of those for this summer. As it turned out, the two we chose were both downtown. We came and did the first one, and then when it came time to do the second one, we realized it starts in the very same block. So we went down. We knew where to park by then. We warmed up, ran around the neighborhood, came back to the starting line, and were getting in our places ready to run. Hundreds of people there with us. And then the announcer got on the loudspeaker and began to explain to us which way the race was going to go. And almost all of us were lined up on the wrong side of the starting line. We were facing the wrong way. The first race had started that way, but the second race was going in the opposite direction. It is easy to get confused on a road race course, and the same is true in life. Sometimes we think we're in the right place, and then we realize we're not. Stephen Covey wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He was a professor but he also did quite a bit of work as a business consultant. And he shares in some of his writings that when he was working with people who had been in their careers for a while and working their way toward the top, that they often reported that as they got closer and closer to the top, that they often found themselves in a very different place than they had expected. Covey describes it as climbing the ladder of success only to find out that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. That often they would report that while they were climbing, they had sacrificed some of their most important relationships and that they had violated some of their deepest values. It's easy apparently for humans to get lost along the way, to get mixed up about where we are going or where we should be headed. In our text today, 
Luke tells us that the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah. We might paraphrase that to say all the people were questioning in their hearts if he might be the answer, if he might be the way. Is this the one who has come now that will set us on the sure path, show us the right way, help us know what the right answer is? I would say they are not too very different from us in that we find ourselves like them looking for the answer all of us looking for meaning and purpose for how to have a productive and happy life how to have healthy relationships they're questioning whether or not john the baptist might be the guy to help them with all of that and john answers them and says no it's not me but there is another one that is coming and he is the way and yet john was baptizing them with water luke tells us that all the people there were baptized with water including jesus the christian church has taken this water baptism as the physical sign of beginning the christian journey baptism is not the whole of the christian journey but it is the official starting line for us as Christians, baptism, a visible, physical sign of a commitment to Christ, a declaration that we want to be a follower of Christ. As I was thinking about this, it reminded me of what we say in our United Methodist marriage service when a couple comes to be married and they exchange rings. We say that these wedding rings are the outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. We could say the same thing about baptism, that receiving the waters of baptism are an outward and visible or physical sign of an inward and spiritual grace or experience. Whereas the rings represent a love relationship between two people, baptism represents a love relationship between us and god it recognizes a relationship of love and commitment between humans and their god but let's be clear about this it's the beginning point it's the starting line too often in my experience in ministry, somebody comes to be baptized and professes their faith, or they come and join the church and take the vows to be committed and to fully participate, and then within weeks or months, they have fallen away. They are no longer here. They're no longer active in worship or prayer or study or fellowship or service. It's as if they thought that the baptism was the end rather than the beginning. We do not see baptism as the end of the Christian journey, but the beginning. It's not the, it's not the pinnacle, it's just the starting line. It's the place where we recognize God's love and respond to it, but there's so much more in the Christian life that comes after that. 
Verse 21 begins to describe that for us in Jesus' life. Luke says, now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened. It's his public start in ministry. Jesus comes forward with all these others to be baptized, but it's just the beginning of his story, really. There's so much more that's going to be told in the gospel about who he is and what he does and how he reveals God's love to us. He makes this public start, but then there's a whole life that the gospels tell us about after this. It's a portrait for us in terms of how the Christian life should be lived. Luke says, after the baptism, when Jesus was praying that is when things start to happen did you hear that after jesus been baptized and was praying the heaven was opened and the holy spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove it signals to us that god is available to us when luke says these heavens are open and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. It's a sign to us that God's power and wisdom is being made available to each and every one of us. That through baptism, we recognize God as alive in our lives. And when that happens, our relationship with God changes. Luke says that Jesus is going to use this wisdom and power that he receives from God's Holy Spirit to differentiate between the wheat and the chaff, between the valuable and the invaluable, between what to let go of or throw away and what to hang on to and hold as precious and priceless. It reminded me of what Stephen Covey talks about in the second habit, as he calls it in his book. The second habit, he says, is begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. Covey says what he found in his research was that in the lives of highly effective people, everything is created twice. First, there's the mental creation or the idea, and then it's followed by a second creation or actually the living out of that idea or the physical manifestation of the idea. He says, you know, we see this in so many different spheres of life. If we're getting ready to go on vacation or take a trip, we choose a destination before we leave. Or if we're getting ready to plant a garden, he says gardeners map out in their mind or sometimes on paper, the tomatoes are going to be here, the cucumbers here, the lettuce over here. They have a plan of how they're going to plant the garden before they begin. If someone's going to build a house, first, house plans are drawn, blueprints are drawn before the construction actually begins. For our students, they enroll in certain classes before the semester starts so they know where they're going to be going when the semester arrives. Everything is created twice, Covey says. First, the mental image or the idea or the plan, and then second, the actual fulfillment of the plan. So
So as Christians, we see the first creation occur when we recognize and respond to God's love marked as profession of faith and baptism. And then the second creation is leading a Christian life in the power of the Spirit. That's what Luke describes for us in the life of Jesus this morning, is that Jesus' response to God's love comes for baptism, but then rises out of the water, is blessed by the Holy Spirit, and then the rest of the story begins. It's confirmed when he comes out of the water, Luke says, as he hears a voice that says, You are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. We might paraphrase that because this gospel was for us all to say you are my child, my beloved. Have you experienced that? Hearing that from God, sensing that God loves you personally? That's the good news of the gospel is that God loves each and every one of us as individuals, as persons. That we're a beloved child of His. That we're a part of this family of God. That we're included. And not only that, but just as Luke tells us, the Gospels tell us that this power and presence of God through the Holy Spirit is available for us all. Is accessible to each and every one of us. This relationship with God changes the way our lives unfold, the Gospels tell us. For being a beloved child of God is our very identity. And then the rest of our lives is living out that identity, knowing that we're in a loving relationship with our Creator. So the first creation is to recognize it. The second is living it out, knowing God is with us. And God will lead us and guide us and empower us as we stay in an intimate relationship with God. Does that sound like your life of faith? Is your life one of conscious design ending in a vital relationship with God? Or is yours more one of just kind of drifting along? Not experiencing or maybe neglecting the power and presence of God that could be yours? Covey at one point quotes Benjamin Franklin when he's talking about this. It's in his book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families that he wrote after his bestseller. But listen to what Franklin wrote. We stand at the crossroads each minute, each hour, each day, making choices. We choose the thoughts we allow ourselves to think, the passions we allow ourselves to feel, and the actions we allow ourselves to perform. Each choice is made in the context of whatever value system we've selected to govern our lives. In selecting that value system, we are, in a very real way, 
making the most important choice we will ever make. I had an opportunity to write some devotions for the Upper Room Disciplines Devotional for 2016. They asked us to write seven and they place them in a book so there's a year full of devotions my week was this week in one of those devotions i remember the story of mark twain when he was writing about huckleberry finn and at one point he says huckleberry finn decided he would try prayer he'd heard that it was a pretty good thing and so he got a shoe box and placed it under his bed and then prayed earnestly that god would fill it with gold and then he went to bed and he woke up the next morning, checked on the shoebox, still empty. Conclusive proof, he said, that prayer is of no value. But perhaps he started with a faulty image. Perhaps he started at the wrong place. The mental image we have about God and faith makes a difference is your view that God is a magician and if you'll just pray hard enough you'll surely get your box full of gold or do you have a view as some do that God is judgmental and is just waiting to condemn you watching for you to make one wrong move or do you have an image like so many that God is so distant no way this God could be interested in you personally it makes a difference what image we begin with Luke offers us the mental image of a God who deeply loves us who wants to be in relationship with us and if we have that mental image of God then it changes the next step and the one after that and the one after that because it changes our whole relationship with God. It takes some time on our part. We have to invest in the relationship. We have to do some work to put ourselves in a place to hear God best. Sometimes we have to sacrifice to go even deeper in that relationship with God. But it's not that different from what it takes to build a house or plant a garden or to develop a human relationship with another human. But Luke says Jesus was praying when things start to happen. Jesus was praying or having a relationship with God, developing this relationship with God, having a conversation with his God who he called Father and it was in that relationship when things started to happen. Perhaps that might be just the place for each of us to start this year. Amen.